What is good, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of the Defenders of the Bank podcast. Of course, I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and sitting to my left is Christian Philly Philemon. Hello. And our voices are a little bit worse for wear after... They're really bad right now. Oh, it's pretty rough. We just screamed our hearts out for a fantastic victory at Bank of California Stadium just about three hours ago over the Portland Timbers. We're going to talk about that quite a bit as the podcast progresses, but unfortunately a little bit of news right before we get into our normal podcast. Some somber news. Yeah, you know, we've been lucky enough to make a lot of friends at Bank of California Stadium with several of the people that work with the team and for the team there, and we were speaking with a couple of the people that work in Founders and got some pretty sad news. The passing of one of the security guards, Jerry Escobedo, if you've had any interaction with Jerry at all, whether it's in Founders Club, in Field, I mean, the guy was really all over. We saw him in Fig a couple times, saw him at the Vissel Kobe game. You know, Jerry was just one of those people that was one of the most kind-hearted, warm, just open people that were there, you know, in the first season when a lot of the people that would welcome you into the Bank of California Stadium would say, welcome home. He was one of those people that really made it feel like home, really shocked by the sudden passing of Jerry. Again, we saw him just on January 31st at the Vissel Kobe game, and we heard, unfortunately, that he passed on February 12th last month. And, you know, really bummed. This isn't going to be very good podcast material, but something that we really want to do is to have a small moment of silence for our friend Jerry Escobedo. Thank you. We appreciate your patience on that one. Jerry was one of my favorite people that I would go up to and say hi every time I would walk towards my seat. We all love Jerry. I mean, every time our little group of four, me, my wife, the panda, Scarf, and his girlfriend, Nina, anytime we saw him at a distance, we always did the Jerry Springer thing. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Whether he was in the Founders Club escorting people around, whether he was down on the pitch escorting people around there, and we see him up in Founders, we would always yell it. I'm glad I wore sunglasses to the bank because I had to fight and hold the tears back. It was really, really devastating news. Jerry wasn't an individual who was old or in bad shape or in any kind of health condition, but unfortunately he closed his eyes one night and, and didn't wake up. And I guess there's no better way to go than that. But you know, I just want to let you know that you know Jerry, if your family, you hear us out there. I mean, we we loved you and you meant a great deal to us. So rest in peace, brother. That's right. You know, Jerry, thank you for everything. And I know you were watching from above today in that incredible atmosphere. I thought about you the whole time. Absolutely. Bank of California Stadium was lit today for the amazing 4-1 victory over last year's Western Conference champions, the Portland Timbers. What an incredible game. You could really tell from the very first minute all the way through, the energy was incredible. But before we get to our recap of the incredible 4-1 victory, it's time for this day in LAFC history. That's right. This day in LAFC history last year, March 10th of 2018. Of course, we were at Real Salt Lake 
and we recorded an incredible 5-1 victory. It was Diego Rossi recording the first brace. That's a two-goal game in LAFC history. Steven Betashore recording the first two-assist game in LAFC history. Latif Blessing, Benny Failhaber, Carlos Vela rounding out the scoring. Dejan Jakovic playing in his 100th MLS game. And, of course, it was our first-ever game in the road inaugural white jerseys. So that was this day in LAFC history one year ago today. And also, just a little side note, launching one year ago today was the LAFC mobile app. We know there have been a lot of great improvements, and that's how we get our tickets now through Ticketmaster, through the LAFC mobile app. Well, that mobile app also launched one year ago today, so that is this day in LAFC history. Speaking of the mobile app, you know what's kind of funny? Seeing the advertisements all across the bank for SeatGeek, thinking to myself, well, you guys lost that contract, but you get to still advertise there. I don't know. I felt like that was kind of a slap in the face. <laughs> Regardless, that was this day in LAFC history, and of course, it wouldn't be a podcast without us highlighting some birthdays, so couple of quick birthday shout-outs. Happy 42nd birthday to Chelsea legend and Phoenix Rising player Didier Drogba. Didier Drogba turns 42 today. And finally, there's somebody out there that's older than me. I feel pretty good about that. Minus your birthday shout-outs to people in the 1600 scarf. <laughs> but uh, yeah, happy birthday again to Didier Drogba. We got Elton Brand. Elton Brand, the former Los Angeles Clipper and Philadelphia 76er. And of course, the Duke Blue Devil. He has a birthday today. Becky Hammond, WNBA player, turned 43 today. And the man, the myth, the Norris, Chuck Norris, that is, turned 79 years old today. Chuck Norris, 79. Wow. Yeah, happy 79th birthday, Chuck Norris. If you don't wish him a happy birthday, he's already punched you in the face for that. So don't worry. Couple Maybe of other... that's why I can't talk. I pun- <laughs> Chuck Norris punched me in my Adam's apple and I'm choking on it as we speak. Couple of other quick birthdays. You know how I like to bring it. 1731, Declaration of Independence signer Robert Treat Payne. Happy birthday today. 1926, civil rights legend Ralph Abernathy. 1945, Doc Ellis, who pitched a no-hitter while on LSD. That's it was nuts. his birthday today in 1945. Rob Paulson. Who is Rob Paulson, you ask? He was born in 1956. The voice of yours and mine, our favorite Saturday morning cartoons, Yakko Warner of the Animaniacs and Pinky of Pinky and the Brain. What are we going to do now, Brain? (laughs) And lastly, Jackass himself, 1971. Happy birthday, Johnny Knoxville. Are you sure you can say Jackass on the air? I mean, it was the show that he was a part of for quite some time. I just said Jackass again. Okay, let's move on after the birthday segment. All right, so let's get into the uh, into the game. We're calling this Chopping Down Trees. Now, LAFC played the role of Paul Bunyan. It wasn't just the Timbers folk that were wearing their flannels and having their axes because our Paul Bunyan lineup went out there and absolutely thrashed the Portland Timbers. We sharpened our axes, and we took it to the defending Western Conference champions, Four to one, and as far as our lineup and our formation is concerned, we lined up the same exact way today as we did against Sporting Kansas City in a four-three-three formation. Our starters no different than they were the last game. We had Christian Ramirez up front with Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela. We had Mark Anthony K, Atuesta, and Win playing in the midfield, and our back line consisted again of Harvey Segura, Zimmerman, and Betashore, and of course our boy Tyler Miller behind the pipe. So that was the lineup that we had. Portland lined up in a 4-2-3-1, and that's the way the game started. Now, the very first opportunity really came from Diego Rossi. He had such a close goal opportunity that was stopped by the keeper. What an amazing shot. But shortly after that, Canada's own and LAFC's favorite son, 
well, one of our favorite sons anyway, Mark Anthony K. Welcome back. He scores his first goal of the season off of a corner kick from Carlos Vela in the 14th minute. And boom, off the header to the far left side of the goal. Mark Anthony K. nets his first goal of the season. Bank is roaring at this point. Welcome back, Mark Anthony K. Yeah, Carlos Vela, another precision assist. We had, you know, Vela was in the top 10 in both assists and goals last season, and that was while missing some time for the World Cup. I can't imagine what he is going to do this season, being able to play, hopefully. Take people's heads that's off. That's right. Hopefully, an entire 34 games. It's going to be incredible to watch what Carlos Vela is capable of over the course of an entire season. But, of course, something that LAFC has been capable of for the last season or so is giving up an equalizer right after they score. And it was in the 28th minute that Portland was able to find the equalizer off of a fat lip goal. Philly, why don't you tell them what happened there with Portland's equalizer? So off of a free kick, Ebba BC hits it in the 28th minute to equalize the game. And we called it a fat lip because if you looked at the Jumbotron shortly after he scored a goal, it looked like his mouth was bleeding. So we can't call it a header. We'll call it the lipper. It was the lipper off Ebabisi in the 28th minute to uh, to score the goal. And man, that mu- that must have hurt. I I can't imagine scoring a goal with my mouth. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's definitely got to hurt, but not as bad as having to play for the Portland Timbers all season. So Ooh, right after that, unfortunately, damn. in the 30th minute, Stephen Betashore took a pretty solid knock, and we had to sub him out. And I really think that Bob had to change his whole thought process and strategy on the game because subbing in for Steven Betashore in the 30th minute was the game changer, star man himself, Latif Blessing. And as soon as he came in, things started to change for LAFC. Diego Chara picking up a yellow in the 34th, and that yellow would come back to haunt the Portland Timbers in the second half. But again, Latif comes in. Things start changing. Tyler Miller makes an incredible save in the 37th and another bad call against Lee Wynn in the 41st. I know uh, Latif Blessing also picked up a red card as well. But right before halftime, just when we thought we were going to go into half tied at one, the local boy does good yet again. Christian Ramirez off of an assist from Mr. 300, Jordan Harvey. That's right, 301. (laughs) So happy that Christian Ramirez is able to get this into the back of the net. He had, you know, a so-so game on opening day, but looked much, much better today. Played with a lot more confidence and another goal for Christian Ramirez. I love this kid, and I'm so happy he was able to put one in the back of the net. Yeah, throughout the course of the first half, I mean, passing was a little sloppy. The game was a little sloppy. After the end of the first half, of course, we were up 2-1. Shots on goal, we had through three versus Portland's two. Saves, tied at one a pop. Corner kicks, Portland had two more than us. It was 3-1. Fouls, Portland beat us in this category, 9-6. to six, But we did have two players with yellow cards. Atuesta, who, by the way, is breaking out on his own. He's just such a tremendous player. He, he continues to impress me. He had a foul in the 17th minute, which they were given a yellow card to. And of course, Latif Blessing, very, very questionable yellow card in the 37th minute. And what changed the complexion of the game, Chara from the Portland Timbers got himself a yellow card in the 35th minute. But yeah, that's how the first half ended. And Latif Blessing, I mean, there's a song. There's a star man playing on the right. His name is Letty <laughs> Blessing, and he's expletive dynamite. <laughs> I love that tune. He, he's such a great player. He always changes the game. I, I was in a car with a friend of mine named Ashley, and he just asked me, 
why don't they just start Latif? And as good as Latif is, and he'd probably start for a lot of other clubs, and he would definitely start for us, I just think he just makes such a tremendous impact coming off the bench. He definitely changes the game. He adds the spark not only in the in the lineup, but also around the crowd. Everybody loves Latif Blessing. He just injects so much passion and heart into everybody at Bank of California Stadium, and there's no way you can't get buy a game without having him show us some kind of magic. Yeah, you know, I really felt like the game changed in the second half. Whatever Bob Bradley said to those guys in the locker room at halftime really seemed to inspire them. Perhaps a little bit of a change in tempo as well. And we roll on to the 65th minute when the North End remembers. He answers the call yet again. Adama Diomande, who just subbed in in the 62nd minute for Christian Ramirez, fresh off of his goal, Dio subs in, and in the 65th, what an incredible goal by Adama Diomande. Everybody who was at Bank of California Stadium wanted Diomande to make a statement against these Portland Timbers, and there it was in the 65th. And as far as that statement concerned, if you were out there looking at the game, there was a sign that came up called the North End Remembers. The North End remembers what for some of you listeners out there who might not be aware? Well, in our U.S. Open Cup game against Portland last season, Dio got really angry at a Portland Timbers player. I mean, it got to a point where it almost got physical, and we didn't know this till after the game. Dio made a statement on social media indicating that there were some racist words that were exchanged with him and what really ticked him off. And Portland vehemently denied it, and then had the audacity to go out there and claim that we were cheating in the U.S. Open Cup game because we were using too many international players, which is quite the crock. But Dio punching that goal in to put us up 3-1. The North End remembers. We'll never forget. And I would say that was the perfect retribution for that racist chant that Portland gave him last season. Yeah, that's right. And of course, LAFC does not let up. After assisting on two of the first three goals, it is the man himself, the MVP candidate, Carlos Vela putting it in the back of the net in the 68th minute to cap off the scoring. And of course, right after that, everything really fell apart for the Timbers. Chara picked up his second yellow in the 71st Good, he deserves minute. It. He's dirty. He should have a red card all season. Yeah, it looked like it was an elbow high to the face or neck area there. Of it might, I think it was Diego Rossi who picked up that Diego foul. Diego might have sold it a little bit in that minute. I am proud of Diego for selling it. Believe me, as a fan of the this Italian... Hollywood after all. That's right. As a fan of the Italian national team, I know what it's like to watch teams that really sell their fouls well. So, Ugh. hey, hey. Um, so, yeah, no, you know, Diego going out in the 71st on red. I, I really don't think the Timbers possessed the ball for maybe another minute or two after that. We really dominated possession in the last 20 minutes. We could have gone at goal several more times, but I think we were set just to kind of play it safe a little bit there. But again, Peter Lee Vassell coming into the game, I believe he subbed in in the 69th for Mark Anthony K. The team just looks so solid with Peter Lee Vassell there in the middle. The kid is so poised. He plays looks like so a veteran well. out there. He really does. I mean, this is a kid, like you've mentioned several times before, Philly, who didn't go to college. He was playing in the pro leagues in Jamaica. He was playing on the Jamaica national team for the Reggae Boys, scored five goals internationally. In yeah, this kid is incredible. We've been talking about him since day one, but he is going to— Steal of the draft. Absolutely. He's going to turn out to be the steal of the draft and looked great out there. In the 69th minute, Rossi put up another shot in the 89th, but that was pretty much all she wrote. And, of course, this game ending 4-1 LAFC. Yep. We chopped down those trees, 
It sure felt good to beat them 4-1. And coming out, starting out the season with two very tough opponents. I mean, Sporting Kansas City, a team we did not beat at all last season. We beat them 2-1, an emotional thriller that was capped off by Dio's goal in the 94th minute. And then to come back a week later and defeat the Western Conference champions by 4-1. Really, really impressive gameplay by LAFC. They started that first half off slow, but of course, the show goes on. Second half, they went out there and killed it. They look really, really good out there. And to, to defeat two of the top teams in the Western Conference, we look really, really solid. And I would say we are very much prepared to head out to the East Coast to take it to NYCFC on St. Patrick's Day at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, you know, for the second game in a row, Adama Diamande named the man of the match, but it was Mark Anthony Kay leading the 3252 and the rest of Bank of California Stadium in the Shalala chant. That's right. So uh, just a great all-around game against a really solid team. I mean, this is pretty much the same roster that won the Western Conference Championship and played Atlanta, a tough game, in the finals of the MLS Cup. So just so happy with the way that we've played early on in this season, taking six points from six, both at home. Yeah, speaking of Atlanta, they're not having a very good start to their season. I mean, they lost 2 nothing to D.C. United last week, and to come out with a draw against FC Cincinnati, an expansion team that's predicted to finish last in the MLS, I saw the highlights. Joseph Martinez walked off that pitch really angry. What is going on with Atlanta? What is going on with Frank DeBoer's team? Well, I can tell you, after Carl Malone separated from John Stockton, he definitely didn't have the last couple years of a great career like we had all hoped, especially with the Lakers. We are seeing what it's like when you have to try and replace a guy like Miguel Almiron, of course, playing for Newcastle right now in the English Premier League. It was Almiron and not Joseph Martinez that got those offers to play abroad. And I think we're seeing why Almiron was the straw that stirred the drink for Atlanta last season. So, you know, 2 nothing in their first game. And, of course, that 1-1 draw. And it actually could have been 2-1 Cincinnati. They had a goal called back yeah, for a questionable offside call. But, you know, this is not a team in Atlanta that looks like they're going to be able to go back to the MLS Cup final. Of course, New York Red Bulls are totally fine with that because they thought they should have been there anyway last year. So we're going to see what happens in the Eastern Conference. But another incredible week of action. You know, we've got a little bit of LAFC news to take care of right before we finish the pod. One of those pieces of news concerning a guy who was actually on the sidelines today for LAFC, six foot five defender Lamar Batista. Absolutely. Absolutely love this guy. He has been loaned out to Phoenix Rising FC, but he was right there pitch side today, giving high fives to everybody as they came off the pitch after the 4-1 win. Lamar got the start in the very first game there for Phoenix Rising FC, played some great minutes, played the full 90 there. So congrats to Lamar on getting some serious run. I'm still waiting for LAFC to announce their affiliation with Phoenix Rising, considering the amount of players that we've been sending back and forth. But one piece of news there, of course, Lamar Batista being loaned out to Phoenix Rising. The second piece of news today, though, of course, coming with a new signing that we had today. Philly, who's in the ranks of the black and gold? Welcome to the black and gold, Javi Perez. Yes, Javi Perez gets officially announced in the black and gold. And there was a lot of speculation about this coming towards the beginning of the season, but he got his contract in and deservedly so. This kid's a player, and I think he's going to be a really good contributor to us in the near future. 
Yeah, you know, Javi Perez, he had a scholarship with David Villa's DV7 Academy. This is somebody who... Yeah, it's someone who David Villa is really high on. And anybody who David Villa likes a whole lot, I can't wait to see if Javi Perez can do anything with the team this year. I definitely think he can. We'll see. Welcome to the black and gold, Javi Perez. Now, that's the majority of the stuff that we wanted to talk about as far as the game is concerned. Yeah, you know, one last quick thing I want to mention for all of you scarf heads out there. Fanatics and the team headquarters put out a beautiful St. Patrick's Day scarf. Luckies, if you guys are listening, you guys better go in there and scoop up all those fantastic St. Patrick's Day scarves. For anybody that's headed out to Yankee Stadium on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, uh, LAFC headquarters put out a beautiful St. Patrick's Day scarf. Just three days after that game, of course, we're talking about it a little bit more today. On my birthday, March 20th, that's right, LAFC headquarters and I will have a pretty sweet launch event there with a scarf that I designed with LAFC. And the scarf, again, has the 3252, the north end in mind. It has every single fan who sits in any seat in Bank of California Stadium in mind with one of the additions that I made on the scarf. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. So March 17th, the game at Yankee Stadium against NYCFC. And, of course, March 20th, the launch event at LAFC headquarters for my scarf. For all you out there from the 3252 and from the club, the spectators, going to my hometown in New York City on St. Patrick's Day, I got to tell you, New York City is fun 365 days out of the year. Because even if it's cold, there's still a bar you could easily crawl into. But St. Patrick's Day in New York, you know, there are very few cities in the U.S. that really do St. Patrick's Day as well as New York. Boston and Chicago are definitely among that list. But you guys are going to have a great time not only watching the black and gold take it to Yankee Stadium and knocking out New York City Football Club, the David Villa-less NYCFC team. There's a guy on their team called Mitrica. They call him the Romanian Messi. I don't really buy it, but you know, he's a player to watch out for. But I'm very jealous of all you guys going to my hometown. Represent us well. It's going to be great seeing you on TV at Yankee Stadium. It's going to be a real weird experience watching a football match in a baseball stadium. You're still going to have a good 30, 35,000 fans out there, but it's going to be an interesting experience. Represent that black and gold well. Can't wait to go to one of these away parties to watch it. Good luck in New York City to LAFC. And have fun for all of you going out there to Yankee Stadium for that game. And happy St. Patrick's Day to you as well. That's right. And before Philly, I know you wanted to sign off on today's podcast with a little bit of a story there about Jerry. Real quick, before we end with that story, I just want to give a shout out to LAFC Weekly, who we were able to sit down with in a nice interview. That was, you know, we had a really great time with them. We went out to Brennan's in Marina Del Rey, and and they really took good care of us, and we sat down. It was our first interview. I've never been interviewed for anything really before in my life, so that was kind of neat, sitting down with the guys from LAFC Weekly. Thank you so much for giving us a shot at being part of your incredible website. So if you haven't checked out LAFC Weekly, please do on Instagram and and on the web. They're an incredible presence, so check out LAFC Weekly. And with that, Philly, I'm going to turn it over to you to sign us off for the day. Yeah, I just want to tell a little Jerry story and then a little something about like what I witnessed today. So Jerry, I love Jerry. He was, again, a person that I was really excited to see at the bank. And one moment that I had with Jerry that really made an impact on me, just to show you how selfless he was and how just into the club and just making people happy. I was at the fields with a client of mine. I am a business professional. I do not get paid to do podcasts for a living because if that was the case, I don't know if I'd be able to afford my mortgage. But, you know, I was at the field hanging out with my client. Jerry was off duty. He was wearing street clothes. I never saw Jerry outside of that gray polo. And he came up and said hi. And of course, I gave him a hug because I always gave Jerry a hug every time I saw him. And I introduced him to my client. He's like, well, what are you guys doing here on a Wednesday? 
And I, I told Jerry that my client was here. I've been bragging and talking about LAFC forever. I just wanted him to see the stadium and for us to get a meal. And Jerry was so kind, so kind. He actually offered a tour for myself and my client. We didn't even ask. He went out there above and beyond, took time out of his day to to show us the stadium. And that really, really meant a lot to my client. And I just loved that day. It was such a fantastic tour. I even saw things in the stadium that I never got to see before. And I just want to say thank you, Jerry. Again, you really, really will be missed. And I, I love you, buddy. I Condolences to you and your family. May you rest in peace. And one thing I did want to say that, that I learned today, I, I, there's a valuable lesson, a very emotional day. I mean, we won, which is fantastic, but I saw two things that are really shaping and reminding me of the way to like think and live. Jerry obviously passed away unexpectedly. We talk about doing things and, and having goals in mind and living life, and we really don't know what tomorrow holds. I never expected anything to happen to Jerry. I figured we'd see him for the next 5, 6, 7, 10, 20 years. But if you have something that you want to do, and you're questioning whether you can, whether you're smart enough, whether you have enough money, just realize that our time here is limited. Go out there and pursue your dreams and pursue your passions because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Yesterday is in the past and today is really all that matters. So if you are on the fence about wanting to do something, creating a podcast, starting an app, getting a new job, quitting a job, proposing to a significant other, don't waste your time. Go out there and do it while you can because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And that's just another reminder through Jerry's passing that that's the way we need to live our life. And another thing I noticed, Mark Anthony Kay. Look, Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Mark Anthony Kay breaks his ankle against the Galaxy last season. That, that could be a killer. For, for athletes, when they have injuries... Sometimes it's really hard to come back from it, not physically, but mentally. But this kid fought and worked so hard and didn't let adversity get in his way. He fought, clawed, came back. And how was he rewarded? Not only was he beloved by the fans to begin with, but just to see him score that header and open up the scoring of the game, I mean... That really is a testament to the hard work that he put in there. So just know that, look, we're all going to get punched in the face at some point. We just got to get back up there and fight the same way Mark Anthony K did. And we will score and accomplish those goals. So that's just the valuable lessons that I learned today. And it's just a reminder through, unfortunately, Jerry's passing that, you know, we, we all need to live our lives as effectively and efficiently as possible. So that's me. Uh, I'll, I'll get off my little soapbox for now, but that's me just speaking from the heart. Yeah, very well said, Philly. And of course, no no easy way to segue off of that. But we just want to thank all of our listeners again out at Christmas Tree Lane. We got shown a lot of love once again, and, and we really do this podcast for all of you that love to listen, whether it's on your way home or on your way to work or working out at the gym. You know, we actually I had a really cool compliment. Somebody said today that, man, your last episode, it was like 30 minutes. That was too short because I get on the exercise bike and I just ride and ride and ride until your episode is over. So you guys do me a favor. Can you make it a little bit longer? <laughs> Unfortunately, this one will be just about a half hour too. Yeah, we're like 2811 right that's, now. That's such a cool thing for somebody to say. Seconds. I know. Thank you. That's such a cool thing, though, for somebody to say. You, you really have to understand for all of you that listen to us out there, you know, we do this with you guys in mind. We absolutely love this club, but more so than loving this club, we love the family that we feel like we are a part of here at Defenders of the Bank and, of course, at Los Angeles Football Club. And that's why it really hurts when we lose somebody there like Jerry. So, again, 
If you've got somebody out there, give them a hug, tell them you love them, whatever it is you're going to do, because like Philly so eloquently said, tomorrow is not guaranteed. We got to make the best that we can of today. So with that in mind, of course, we dedicate this episode to our friend Jerry, uh, and that's myself, J.R. Liebert, the scarf, ready to sign off, and I'll turn it right back over to Philly. Yeah, looking forward to St. Patrick's Day, looking forward to going to some away parties, and looking forward to seeing you back at the bank for when we avenge it against Real Salt Lake. Philly and the Scarf out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.